Welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. This episode, I talked to leadership coach Sue Belton. Sue swapped life in news broadcasting and documentary making for coaching. She talks about anxiety and depression and how that led to voluntary redundancy and moving to the freelance life. We talk about working through your relationship with money as a freelancer and how a buffer can buy you more than just paying the bills. She also has great advice on building your buffer too. Talking about the work word of the moment, pivoting, as well as the dream of a portfolio career, we go into values, what they mean and how to try and define yours. Sue's book, Change Your Life in Five, is out now. This episode was recorded in June 2020. Welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. I am chatting today to Sue Belton. Hi Sue, how are you doing? I'm very good actually today. Nice to connect. We're chatting on Zoom, sort of early June. I keep date checking everything so that people listen future life. They will know when we were chatting. But um, can you introduce what your freelance is? What do you do? What does freelance mean to you? Mm, Well, my freelance is I'm a leadership and life coach and have been for 12 years. So I generally work with private clients. I work with really ambitious professional people who are at that point in their life where they just lost their mojo. Mm. They don't love what they do anymore. They don't know why and they don't know what to do about it. Yeah. So those people who that is happening a lot right now with the COVID yeah. situation. Um, sure. And yeah, and the executive clients and my corporate clients are the same personality, the same people, but they, they secretly often feel that underneath the surface. Mm-hmm. Their bosses don't generally know, but they secretly feel that oh, a lot yeah. of them. Uh, but we work on like emotional intelligence and leadership skills to step up and be nice and more human leaders. Brilliant. And is it quite a mixture of you'll go in, are you that mix of, of kind of, yeah, you're on contract with perhaps a couple of corporates and then you have one-on-one stuff. So you're mixing, it's almost like two freelance lives in a way, isn't it? Kind of that I have that a bit with working for a magazine and then doing my own stuff. Do you have that blend? Well, it's three actually, because I also mm-hmm. mentor coaches coming through their training and setting up their businesses. Oh, brilliant. So I have three freelance Three freelancers, yeah. <laughs> You've got to have fingers in pies. <laughs> three. One of my, no, my friend is a coach at the London Business School and she said just like a three-legged stool. Mm-hmm. You've got to have three legs at least, because if one goes... Have you always been self-employed then? You mentioned that you've been a coach quite a while, but what, what was your journey to becoming a self-employed freelance businesswoman? No, I was a journalist too. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, you moved from the dark side. Yeah, I definitely moved from <laughs> the dark side. that well hidden. <laughs> yeah, keep my journalist head well hidden. So, yeah, so I was a journalist. So I was a news journalist, um, mm. broadcast. So I started out in local radio and my what I wanted to do was work in documentaries at the BBC and that's what I did so I ended up um and I did I worked on uh I loved it I worked on a program called Jailbirds I hated the title not my title Mm. hate that title (laughs) but was fascinating so I spent six months in a women's prison oh my goodness that was the most fascinating gig um, and then I did other programs. I did a male stripper documentary for Inside Story. I don't know if you remember the really? old Inside do, Story. Yeah, brand. yeah, yeah, I do. And then also I worked worked on Watchdog and Rogue Traders with Matt. All right, love him. Brilliant. And did all the secret filming, and I loved all of that kind of stuff. That's so. Yeah. Cool. What made you? I'm sure people ask you this all the time because it sounds like one of those holy grail jobs. What made you then decide that wasn't for you and to to tread a different path and go freelance? 
Yeah. Well, like most of my clients who see me now, you know, basically I'm coaching myself. So, you know, <laughs> but 12 years ago. So I had been, I'd known it wasn't really, it wasn't really fully doing it for me for quite a while because I ended up working on a couple of programs that didn't have much purpose and meaning. Mm -hmm. TV shifted and changed in that period. So I ended up working on a program about weddings, you know, mm -hmm. you know, trivial stuff that had no purpose and meaning to me. Also, I didn't realize it then, but it really wasn't aligned with my values and my purpose generally. So there were some things going on within the industry that I was not happy with and general practice in terms mm -hmm. of being with contributors. Um, and I wanted something that did make more of a difference. Brilliant. So that was happening in the background. Then when I had my daughter, I took a year off and I had a horrendous return to work. Oh, no. Yeah, really horrendous. I was signed off with um, anxiety, postpartum depression, I'm and that sorry. brought it all to a head. Mm. Well, yeah, but it brought it to a head. And then, you know, um, redundancies were coming along and I was like, bang, I'll have one of those. Yeah, raise his hand. Yeah. Yeah. But cool. it was that, that situation that forced me mm -hmm. to take a look at what was not working for me. Yeah. Um, as is happening a lot for people right now, you know, they're being forced. Hugely. Yeah, we were talking about this before we pressed record, weren't we? And the idea that people are, they're either facing redundancy or they're on furlough and they're at home and they're kind of going, actually, I'm not, I don't want to do this job anymore. And actually they've realised perhaps what a bad person or a mean person their boss was in the office. Now they're not directly working for them every day. And yeah, people are starting to, I'm thinking everyone's going to come to the freelance side. There's going to be a huge influx. But I don't know if you'd agree with that. Do you think lots of people are going to say, right, I'm going to do my own business. I'm going to make a change now. They've seen a bit of light, as it were. I think I know that a lot of people are already in that place because mm. I'm speaking to them. Yeah. Um, and generally it is people that have made the compromise along the way or felt they had to make the compromise. Mm. So they just followed the same old route, you know, what their parents wanted for them or they thought they should do, they couldn't do. Um, and so it's never, you know, it's just not fitting who they are now mm -hmm. as a 35, 40 plus person yeah um and they do you know i know people that want redundancy yeah. they don't want to Me go too. back <laughs> yeah. yeah they don't want to go back they don't they want to spend time with their kids and mm. they want to do something with more meaning and this time has made them face up to it yeah it's really really interesting i've got it's funny because i think people do see freelancing i use that phrase holy grail again but as an idea where it's like it is very freeing but yeah there are people who are realizing that they can get home for bedtime or even dinner time with the kids because if you work from home you don't commute generally you might do if you perhaps go in on contracts or something there are anomalies aren't there but yeah they're seeing a different work-life balance is that something that's been true for you as well having gone from full-time job as in in-house to full-time freelance have you noticed that as well as being a, and being a mum and having time with your daughter well, it was a big part of the decision because the, mm -hmm. the thing that created the horrendous return to work was I was running home, mm -hmm. as I would do, to go and see my daughter. And this is, she was just two. She was on, long story, but the childcare didn't work out as it should. Mm -hmm. And my mother-in-law was looking after her. I walked through the door and I saw my daughter there, all red and floppy, mm -hmm. on my mother-in-law's knees. Oh, gosh. And I was like... She unwell. Yeah, she was unwell, mm. but it, mm. it was like a really visceral reaction in me that was like, no, this is not right. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be there. I wanted to bring her up. 
that was yeah. my what worked for me and what I wanted and I knew that I could not have that while still working at TV so I was in this place that a lot of people mm. are in now I know I don't want this but I don't know what I do want yeah how did you jump to what you did want what then happened next for you it wasn't a jump it was more of a crawl <laughs> It was a crawl. <laughs> it was a painful crawl, you know, being signed Literally off medication, crawl. Yeah. crawl, lots of, let's just say lots of Sauvignon Blanc was consumed seriously yeah. Yeah. In, that, in that period. And my relationship with my daughter's father was really in a bad way as well. Um, it was a crawl. Um, mm. But what did it was when I, by chance, met a former BBC TV producer turned life coach, mm -hmm. which back then, you know, 12 years ago was quite a weird, I didn't, it wasn't known about. Yeah, it had this sort of almost wacky notion to it, didn't it, coaching? It was kind of like, well, why would you do, what is coaching? What does it even mean? Now, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as well recognised, I don't think, 10, 12 no. years ago. And there are still some people, I think, that do have that slight image of it, but it's definitely more i'd say way more mainstream than yeah it was 10 a decade ago yeah oh yeah much mm -hmm. more um and so as a journalist you know i did due diligence i researched and i you know looked into loads of courses went on some awful ones mm -hmm. um found an interesting coach training had a session with a coach who worked for them um with a woman called judy rich who's, who's now a dear friend mm. and within that she over the phone 45 minutes she took me from a pretty desperate place mm. to a place of feeling there was hope but most importantly for me that I did have a choice mm -hmm. and I could change things in my life because I didn't feel that at the time mm. and then what made you decide was it meeting the other person who was a coach you thought oh that sounds like something that might be right for me Did, was it was it that kind of moment of oh didn't know didn't know about that that sounds interesting I'll explore it and yeah seemed to fit well it was just like god this this i won't swear this stuff <laughs> this stuff is gold yeah you're right actually and it is it's kind of journalism doesn't pay well anybody who listens to freelance feels and knows journalism as a trade is like you don't get into journalism because you want a mansion and five porsches you do it you know there are some people but you do it because you love journalism but they get a point with any job where if it's not amazingly well paid you look for something that might be well paid because you want a certain quality of life don't you so it's funny, isn't it? I guess that's made me think of the fact that it's often people, I think people go freelance or they think they should go freelance because it's going to be really philanthropic and really like, oh, I'll work for myself and I'll only have one pair of shoes forever because I'll be free. And it's like, no, no, you still want to earn money when you're freelance. Like it's still valid to want to get the cash as well as have the flexibility, isn't it? Oh God. Um, and for me, it was a matter of survival because mm -hmm. I lived with my daughter's father during my training. There was no question I had to earn some money. Mm -hmm. So that drove you on. Yeah, that's one of the things that comes up a lot, actually. And I was going to ask you, like, what do you, do you sort of feel the feels of freelance life? And I guess putting money in the bank and food on the table is a huge feel, isn't it? That's one of the biggest things for me. Is it the same for you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And as you know, and I know you've talked about, it's very up and down mm. and it can have its pros and it can have its cons. And I've worked through my money issues. I think it's really important to work through you know, either the lack mindset, the poverty mindset, the abundance, all these kind of blah words, mm -hmm. but it's really important to work through your relationship with money yeah. um, and have a buffer. <laughs> yes. 
and I have not always had buffers let trust me I but it what the buffer does as well as make you feel good is it has you not be operating from a place of fear Mm -hmm. so making rash decisions or wrong decisions or just stay in that hamster wheel which you might as well just have a salary if you're going to do that Mm. you know what I mean yeah you're so right it's funny someone else i spoke to for another feature earlier today was saying try and have a buffer and then we always caveat it or if i ever say i say look i understand that some people are starting from a point of nothing redundancy for sudden redundancy for example but you can still try and build up the buffer can't you you can still at least put your tax money aside and perhaps you know that's your buffer or you know there's something but it is wise to try and consider it because like you say it's not even having the money that matters it's what it affords you in terms of your headspace and your ability to contact someone because you're not you're not worrying about money because you're sending an email instead of chasing that invoice that's the difference isn't it yeah and i think people can sniff it a mile off yeah yeah they can kind of yeah that desperation hello just checking in to see if you want my idea that i sent five minutes ago that's not always ideal is it no Mm. Um, you know it's an energy you give off if you've got a buffer you've got a different energy Mm. that's right would you have any advice on people for people of how they might build up a buffer if they're sort of thinking oh i can't i'm not paid very much and i'm new and it's all right for those people with a buffer to say build a buffer or whatever what kind of advice would you have for somebody in that respect the biggest thing is to seriously look at your spending Mm -hmm. monitor your spending there's loads of apps now that help you do it but monitor the small stuff Mm -hmm. i mean what i've been i have really noticed and i'm seriously thinking about is by working from home working on zoom so i'm coaching people virtually i've always done a split but i also coach in town i've got coaching rooms in wimpole street and st paul so two locations Mm -hmm. by not and my coaching rooms are open now Mm -hmm. I could go in but I'm not because of personal safety but also I think hmm why would I firstly spend three hours round trip secondly the money tube is not cheap the lunches Mm -hmm. the coffees oh the coffees the coffees (laughs) Coffees. (laughs) like I'm not in my overdraft for the first time in about 25 years and the main thing is like it doesn't say prep 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 on my bank statement there's your buffer prep prep Press your buffer. Yeah, it's really good advice. What you're spending, definitely. But it's not about the money coming in, is it? No, it's, it's more the money going out. Yeah, great advice. So people should perhaps look at, I guess you could go and build comparison websites and get better deals and, and that kind of thing. And I think all that, but I do mm. think it's like you've just said, the pret. If yeah. you just cut one thing and it's a small thing and watch it add up. Seriously. I challenge everyone. Everyone who's listening, do you smart? I mean, I guess COVID's weird because it has been like some kind of weird savings scheme where I've, I haven't been able to spend literally supermarket shop and one pair of saltwater sandals, whoops, but they weren't in the sale. But it's like, yeah, there's just been nothing. And normally I'd be eating out three times a week, prep coffee every morning on my way to a meeting or something. And then, yeah, suddenly you spent 10 quid on coffee and pastry and a salmon sandwich, you know, yeah. brilliant advice. I love it. That's really cool. Yeah. So anyone who wants a buffer, there's your advice. Just um, stop Starbucks. That's it. Yeah. yeah. One- stop the coffee i stopped starbucks yeah. i tell you yeah and you suddenly realize how much you would have spent it is yeah and you can get a nice coffee at home like you can get a nice cafetiere or something you don't have to have crap instant coffee just because you're not getting it from the place around the corner do you um do you come a lot of self- across a lot of self-employed people in your work do you coach a lot of self-employed people as well as people in corporates is it often people 
who are looking to make a change in their self-employed life and they've come across a bit of a block I wondered what sort of what work you do in that respect with self-employed people well this is the bit that I've really noticed a difference in since Covid so I'm a a member of a women's network a women's club called Albright Mm. which is all women founders uh, freelance and freelancers there's Mm. some full-time employed but not many and since joining that so I've been a member over a year and I'm just doing courses with them Uh, and obviously since Covid I've really noticed more and more people who are freelance mm-hmm. now wanting to, you know, the hot new sexy word is pivot. Yes. Pivot their career. Pivot. Um, <laughs> yeah, so creepy. Yeah. Pivot. It's pivot your career. <laughs> yeah. Pivot, you're pivot, right, pivot. Yeah. So before about a year ago, I would say I mainly worked with people who were employed. Mm-hmm. And that is what's shifting. Really? That is what's shifting because there's a whole other generation, you know, I'm 48. So now a lot of people are early thirties. It's mm-hmm. normal to be freelance and to be self-employed. Yeah. You know, it is shifting and changing as you'll know. Yeah. So more and more, I would say, yes, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause I guess just cause you find your self-employed niche, it doesn't mean it's always going to work for you. And also, especially at the moment, you can't rely on having, like you said at the very beginning, you've got to have a few people you're working with or a few strands of different lines to your business because otherwise if one dries up you're screwed basically you're just like well you can't have all your eggs in one basket generally anyway yeah the the idea of freelancers I guess they're probably looking for new income streams and perhaps new challenges as well is it they've got to a point where they've realized they're not in as in love with whatever their freelance was as they were pre-lockdown yeah and it's mm. also like you say it's the portfolio career thing mm. so i work with so many people who want it but also realize that that's what they need to do yeah um and and you know there's going to be plenty of industries plenty of businesses plenty of types of industries that spring up in this and in yes. response to covid because we're never going to go back fully to what it was mm. it's a different landscape already yeah I completely agree with you. It's exciting as well, isn't it? In a way, I guess that's one of the good things about being freelance is you can turn around and say, okay, well, I'm not going to ask the boss if I can have two weeks off to focus on. I'm sure lots of people are like, I'll start a podcast, start a newsletter. If you're freelance, you can say, well, if I can find the time, I can teach myself to do that. You don't suddenly have to ask for, can I have Fridays to do my podcast from the boss? Because you can manage your own time. So there is that wonderful flip side of the flexibility and that perhaps not getting paid on time every time that you can say right well I will pivot then I will dabble Mm. how would you say if people are dabbling and pivoting what might be like the first steps to take I guess coaching is a perfect first step because if they're not sure they need to check in with someone like you and sort of say help I want to pivot, but I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, no, I I am getting a lot of people because I've just, I was talking to you before, I've just Mm. designed a one-day session, which is that, you know, is where you you get, what's really important is that you don't just jump from one thing Mm -hmm. just into anything just to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. Because then you're kind of going out of the, you know, the fire into the frying pan, or is it the other way around? Either, yeah. Fire, fire pan. Either way, you're hot and bothered and... It's, it's that and that and that and what's really good is to really get clear on a, a vision what you really truly want to do uh, and like what that. your values are so do some work around that uh-huh. um 
and get clear on that and not let fear get in the way. And often we have unconscious fears, limiting beliefs that tell us what we should do, can't do, that we really need to identify. Yeah, 100%. So oh, you... I feel like I'm having therapy here because I'm literally just like, yes, that, yes, there's all those things. But it's funny, isn't it? Because I guess sort of that those fears that often it drives people forward when they're a bit scared. But you're right. If you just jump into something because of the fear, it might be completely the wrong thing. And then you might spend money on training or you might spend money on equipment. You've got to think back. Tell us a bit about values, because I think because I understand what you mean. But I think for people listening, I'd love to know a little bit if you could sort of bit do a slight explanation of what you mean by thinking about what your values are. Because I think for freelancers, that's a lovely thing to focus on. Yeah. So, for example, so values are basically things that you hold, things that you are important to you and that means something to you. And when you're living in line with your values, you have a fulfilling, rich life and you've got a sense of rightness inside. And I'll tell you what they are. And when you're dishonoring your values, you say mm. you have a sense of, you know, dissonance. It's like something's quite right. I don't know what or you might feel really angry or peed off mm. or actually get really stressed and anxious. So an example of I, I'm looking here because I have my values up. Oh, cool. Like above wall. your desk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My. Yeah. So so my core values are so look, you know, the freelance wor- world for me is perfect because one of my core values is freedom and choice. Brilliant. I would say that is numero uno for me. So that's why it's perfect for me. Mm-hmm. Um, another core value of mine is learning, growth and discovery. Mm-hmm. I love learning. I love finding out about things. Yeah. That brings me joy. Um, yeah, exactly. So, you know, that sounds like yours as well. Mm. And I think there's a lot of similarities between journal. There's a lot of crossovers between journalism and coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, um, also, deep connection is really important to me. So I don't like shallow connection. It's meaningless. Mm-hmm. And that. So it's deep, meaningful connection. Uh, another core value of mine is beauty and excellence. So I, I am all about the aesthetic. So for me, you know, I'm and connection with nature is really coming up as a really strong value of mine. So I am spending, you know, I offered to do it in the garden, but it would be a nightmare. Yes, we were going to chat in your garden and I was like, oh, because of the tweeting birds. Basically, I was going to have to okay. chop okay. them out of the audio. But yeah, garden space is, you know, yeah, yeah. And I've got a feisty robin in the garden, but yeah, he's very loud. But I love a feisty so, robin. They're nesting at the moment. They're so feisty, the birds at the moment. Yeah. We've had a whole nest in my garage conversion, so we had to wait. So oh now we can go ahead. They were up in the eve oh. in the amazing. And and I've got a family of blue tits as well. And they've um fledged. Oh my goodness. Just saw one today, a really fluffy little yellow one. Yeah. Oh, that's too cute. It also reminds me that I never knew fledged, fledging was a verb. So I knew you had a fledgling when it was a baby bird, but I didn't know they fledged. Yeah, spring this new, Yeah, this is the new word for me, fledging. It's, yeah, yeah, they fledged. Yeah. Learning so much through the birds. <laughs> Love the birds. So, so, you know, so for me, connection with nature is hugely important. Yeah. Beauty and aesthetics, I can just look at something and, and, you know, and when I'm creating stuff, I love the look of things. And, mm-hmm. you know, you were commenting on my desk and my books. I love the way things look. It's important. Yeah. It brings me joy. Yeah, your shelves behind you have got beautiful, I can see like really lovely coloured folders, yeah. a plant trailing down, everything's neat and tidy. There's a photo of your daughter up there. And yeah, yeah it, just, it looks like a really lovely, my background is a whiteboard that's got scribbles all over it. I did move the ironing board. Yeah, Treat well for done. you. Don't normally well move done. the ironing board. <laughs> so 
though you know so beauty mm. aesthetics might not be a yeah. major core value for you yeah I'm kind of a bit scruffier I suppose and yeah it's not I like pretty things and I've got my cacti but it's not a deal breaker value yeah that's how people can differentiate then I guess they can sort of think okay how much does this matter to me or not as a freelancer driving your business forward how much do they care about connections they might say they like superficial connections they like networking drinks and not going too deep about things you know mm. and for you I would guess you know you've, you've probably got a strong value around curiosity mm-hmm. yeah um, interviewing and uh, yeah yeah I love that you help with self-belief it's a big thing that you you talk about on your website about what you do for your work because I think it is a huge stumbling block for freelancers and you've already touched upon limiting beliefs and, and fears and stuff so I wanted to explore that I mean do you think it is a huge stumbling block for freelancers even though we set out on our own which shows some level of self-belief I think we still really struggle with it as self-employed people do you, do you experience that and do you agree I would say it's the number one mm-hmm. um, and it certainly was mine so I mean I just did a talk last week on imposter syndrome oh cool um, to a group of 89 women and 99% of them identified. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of so self-belief and imposter syndrome is slightly different. So imposter syndrome is the, is the extreme version. It's when you have an intense feeling of not being good enough, mm. despite the evidence. Yeah. It's like not counting the evidence, not remembering the evidence. And that's certainly my story. And I would say self-belief is the huge thing. And that mm. comes from childhood what you know you if you had a pushy parent or nothing was ever good enough kind of parent um or lots of different things but it comes from something known as conditions of worth so what you had to do or achieve in order to be accepted or belong and of course all of us have that yeah you know i I mean i don't know many people who have full-on (laughs) self-belief And you may influencers that you see on Instagram who seem to have it. Well, no, that's absolute bullshit because yeah. I would say they have, you know, when you look at those full on glossy Insta girls, I would say they probably have very low self belief. Mm. And that's why they need to do that to get some, but it's not real. If you, yeah. Unless you do the work on your, yourself and in internal work, mm. you're going to be always looking for that external validation. Yeah. So I would probably say they've got they're the least likely to have it yeah that's interesting and it's funny isn't it because I guess as well as a freelancer you've got to have certain belief to keep going keep reaching out to clients and stuff but yeah I mean we've all been in a position I think where I might send an email and think oh I hope this person wants to read this email you still send it and it's still got information that I want to impart or a pitch but at the same time I sort of don't quite believe in what I'm pitching out to somebody or I don't quite believe in myself that day do the freelancers you work with sort of express similar stuff where they're like oh, I'm going to plod on with it all but I don't really believe in what I'm even doing at the moment yeah it's called being human mm. <laughs> so all the freelancers can relax it's okay we're all in the same boat though aren't we we're all so, welcome to the human yeah, race Jenny. Yeah. we're all human Everyone and seriously I've worked with some guys who on the outside you just think oh my god hardcore Mm. wow seriously yeah low self-belief and Mm. that can also be a driver and not a very healthy one Mm. in extreme especially the impulse you know full-on if you've got really low self-esteem and you feel the need to prove yourself that's what heads for burnout the whole lot you know 
that's really interesting because at the moment that's such a risk as well isn't it when everything else is going on in our lives around us because of lockdown and covid you risk burnout you're going to be in trouble because you, you've got to try and keep your head above water even more than normal I'm hearing about people because there are no natural boundaries of getting to work going here mm. they're getting up and they're going straight to their desk and they're there all day oh my goodness and they're not even getting up they're getting up maybe to make a drink or something but apart from that oh that's so worrying because yeah they do have their commute time you'd have that time at the water cooler or you'd have that time out for lunch or you might have meetings in different rooms with different people. Nothing. God, it's really worrying. At least as freelancers, I guess we can have a bit more flexibility in that respect. But Well, you're, you're used to it. I'm used to mm. working from home. So I know I need to work in blocks and breaks and go and sit in my garden. I know I need to connect with a friend because, you know, I've, I've, I burnt out really early on. I literally mm. ended up on the floor early on in my early days. You know, I've gone through all of that and I've had to teach myself. Yeah. But there's a lot of people now that are not used to working from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't know how to structure it, do they? Because it's, I, I, I've heard of people getting up at five to say then get enough work done because they've then got a day with, say, with the children at home as well. Or, yeah, they're kind of their boss expects them to be in back-to-back meetings. And they kind of say, well, we wouldn't do back-to-back meetings normally. Why are we suddenly doing them just because we've got Scoop and Scoop? That's Skype and Zoom, Scoop. 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 Zoom. A bit of Scoop. <laughs> let's invent a new portal course. Get on that, Scoop. <laughs> now let's talk book, because you have written a book, um, Change Your Life in Five. Have I got the title right there? Yes brilliant good I did have it written down so I was hoping that was correct it's it's such a dynamic title and I love it and I just think it's really got that energy that you obviously have as well can you tell me a bit about the decision to write it a little bit about the book tell us all about it yeah well I got the title actually when I was downward dogging Ah. (laughs) and um I was thinking trying to think of my title and it was I was inspired by Joe Wicks you know he does his name in 15 Yeah. yeah Love Joe Wicks. Wow. I was down with dogging and I was thinking of Joe Wicks. As you do. (laughs) That's why I went for the name. But what it was is I I decided I want to write the book. I don't know how many years ago now, about four or five years ago. Um, It was part of some, I did a leadership course, a year long leadership program. And what I wanted to do was, um, so my whole purpose is about showing people they always have a choice. Mm-hmm. Just like me back in the day, you know, I, did, I felt stuck. I didn't think I had a choice. So I've always wanted, since I found coaching and seen what it does for me and my clients, get the message out there to as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Get it out in the mainstream. These are the tools. This is what you can do. Here's the theory. Bang. Um, so that's why I wrote the book. Brilliant. To share it. Yeah. Um, and I wrote most of it in my morning routine on my laptop in my bed Mm -hmm. and then I was picked up by a publisher who loved the title because it was also the title of my videos yes it's such Um, a great title because you just think oh I've got five right god I could change my life in five yeah tell me more yeah there you go go. Mm -hmm. so that's that's how it happened and it was like oh bloody hell okay um and yeah it took me to London Book Fair and sold it to Germany nice I got a book deal congrats when when did it come out how long has it been available a month a month so it's quite new and people can still you know can they get hard copies and e-copies what um oh no it's it's available via waterstones and amazon brilliant um so it will be in bookshops when we return 
Um, and they can get a free download of chapter one from my website. Perfect. So people can have a little taster. Love it. Yes, which will give them everything they need in order to do the pivoting bit. Brilliant. The Good. vision but and the values. They need to come and see you there. as well for more. There you go. For more. <laughs> yeah. So it's all in there. You can find out about values in that chapter one download. Fantastic. Do you, all th do you think we all do want a quick fix, but it isn't quite that simple? Like this is the beginning of a journey that, to read your book and have coaching, isn't it? It's not like read the book and all your problems will be solved ever. It's more let's begin this journey together and this book will help you to make steps towards that. Do you think people do want though a bit of a quick fix when it comes to the pivot? Like they want to say, well, I'll just leapfrog into, I mean, I use the word, oh, did you just make that step? And you're like, no, no, you don't just step from one career to the next on a Friday then to a Monday. Do you think we're a bit like that, especially as freelancers, because we've got the flexibility? I think we always do. And look, there are some quick fixes in the book. There mm -hmm. are some cool exercises, quick fixes, you'll really understand what's going on in the noggin. You'll get, the, you know, you'll get that and you will get some quick fixes, mm -hmm. some tools and techniques, absolutely. Brilliant. Um, and then beyond that, it might, you might want something else or you might not, that might be it. Mm -hmm. So it depends on the person. Yeah, cool, brilliant, I love it. And what can freelancers do? I guess people who are listening and thinking, yeah, yeah, I want in. I keep raising my hand all the time when we're talking. I don't know why I keep like raising my hand like me, me, me. Just because I love what you're doing really, I think. But what, what can people do if they want something to take away to try and change something they might want to change today? Are there any baby steps they could perhaps take away from listening to this podcast that they could perhaps implement in yeah. the immediate time if they yeah. have got five minutes? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, literally, if you are... Well, look, it doesn't matter whether you're thinking of pivoting or not. Mm -hmm. Really fantasize about your ideal life situation. Ooh. Like dare to dream, fantasize, mm -hmm. just sit down or preferably stand up somewhere and just fantasize about your ideal day. Mm -hmm. And today you can just record that on your phone. Don't write anything down, record it or film it on Zoom. So easy now. But when you try and do that notice what the thought is that stops you even daring oh it's not real blah 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 because mm -hmm. that's key that's really important because that voice that tells you oh that's not realistic you can't earn a living doing that that's the one that's stopping you do it mm -hmm. and that is conditioning that you've picked up along the way from your parents from schools that's really important mm -hmm. separate that out dread dare to dream fantasize and then actually if you want to you know do a little um roadmap walk backwards you know if i want to get there in one year's time mm -hmm. step forward what do i need in a year's time and then six months five months whatever Brilliant. so dare to dream mm. fantasize yeah because we've got time to do that as well haven't we at the moment i guess if you are self-employed and things have dried up a bit it's useful time it's time well spent i guess is what i mean to say to do that dreaming because you're not then you know instead of putting the telly on on the afternoon maybe do stand up in the in the garden i love the idea of standing in the garden with like the grass between your toes and actually doing that process because that really grounds you physically as well then doesn't it so i think we bring in your garden element as well for that, that bring in the garden yeah always the garden yeah. and the house plants yeah because you oh. know and the thing the thing about it all and the thing about all of this situation is it's to remember you know there was a book called the regrets of the dying yes 
And the woman who worked in palliative care, she interviewed loads of people who were dying and on their deathbed. I often use the deathbed perspective. You know, mm-hmm. when you're on your deathbed and you look back on your life, what do you want to see? Mm. What would you be glad that you did or really sad that you didn't do? Yeah. Because we forget this in daily life, the grind of paying the bills, the mortgage, the fears. Mm-hmm. We forget that this is it, you know. Yeah. It's such good advice. And especially when you're working for yourself, you know, you can make those changes. And it is, well, hold on a minute. If you've made the step to self-employment, make it your dream self-employment. Don't do a job that you created for yourself if you don't like it. That's like even worse than, like you say, than being in a full-time job that you don't like, that you don't want to leave sort of thing. So, oh, I love that. Wow, we've gone deep there at the end. We've gone deep. I knew we would, though. I had a feeling. I had a hunch. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me, Sue. Um, You've mentioned, like, you could get the book Waterstones and Amazons, but remind us where we can get the book. And also, would you love to tell people where they can find you on social and your website if they would like some coaching, if they're a corporate who would like to discuss coaching webinars with you that kind of thing tell us everywhere that people can find you yeah thank you so the book is available now on amazon and waterstones you have to search my name sue belton to find it and you'll find it there my um website address is suebelton.com it's all super easy it's just basically my name just google me and bang 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 it all comes up excellent and that's for webinars that's for the corporate work private work or coaches going through training certification Mm -hmm. And I'm on LinkedIn, Sue Belton. I'm on Instagram, Sue Belton. Facebook, Sue Belton. (laughs) You've done well there to get it all the same, though, because often it's a problem where people are like, damn, their name's taken in some format. Yeah, it's it's helpful if you can get everything lined up like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just just got all that sorted because I was different on Instagram and I've Mm. got a different one on Facebook, a group, but I'm changing that all just to Sue Belton. Brilliant. Um, And... I'm launching, you can contact me because I'm launching a group Change Your Life in Five program in August. Amazing. Yeah. That's exciting. We should chat again when you're doing that. Oh, brilliant. So plenty for people to find out about, to put in their diaries and to follow you on. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. So your advice has been brilliant. It's been really inspiring and I hope it gives people the impetus to pivot. Thank you. Pivot. <laughs> Thank you for listening to freelance feels the podcast for humans who work for themselves i hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you have you can rate and review it on apple podcasts and follow for future episodes you can find more about freelance feels at freelancefeels.com and more of my work at jennystallard.com freelance feels also has a monthly newsletter which you can sign up to at freelancefeels.substack.com and for daily updates follow on instagram and twitter at freelance underscore feels